First of all, I've got to say that my mom is my biggest role model in music-wise. She's the one that taught me the whole rock and roll thing. She was pretty young. She was 16 when she had us. And so my mom was is always full of energy. And she always put, she, every time she was cleaning, reunions, anything, she would put Unblast, Nirvana, um, she would put, uh, Soundgarden, she would put Pearl Jam. She liked the grunge music, Alice in Chains. And so that's why I grew up listening to. And I can, and Foo Fighters as well. Um, but uh, my mom was a big, huge fan of Nirvana. And Nirvana for me was like, I, I remember when I was young, I was nine when I learned how to play drums. And I learned Teen Spirit on my pillows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then the next the next stage was that i had to i well, my family's christian by the way they go to church and stuff and so i grew up in church and i went sneaking when i was nine i sneaked into the drum drums of the church and i played teen spirit in front of a lot of uh, <laughs> church people <laughs> and my uncle was the only one that appreciated it that he was like oh my gosh it sounds great uh, how did you learn this? Where did you get that? I was like, dude, I just learned it from a pillow, man. And yeah, that's that's how it started. Basically, that's how it started. So I love the grunge stuff. That's basically what I what I started listening to as a little kid. I would record a radio a cassette, and then whatever my favorite song pop out on the radio, I'll record it on a cassette. I had to do that secretly too because my grandma. I lived with my grandma and mom, and so they were both like. Don't listen to secular music, you know, a lot of listen to that music and blah blah blah. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. But in my room I had it on blast. And so I would do that, you know, I would sneak sneakly record music on this tape from <laughs> the radio. Yeah. And I love since, it. And then ever since it started, you know, my passion in music started growing. I started listening to a lot of other stuff. And then uh, the list goes on. So, but my favorite bands so far, uh, Foo Fighters is Dave Grohl is my biggest role model. I think you should know why. <laughs> He's a badass. He's done so many things. He's played with so many artists. He's a great drummer. He's a great uh, person. He's though. a great person. I would love to meet that guy. But it basically it just all started with grunge and Nirvana. Yeah, I love it. What about you, Raúl? I've been playing since I was 10 years old. Uh, I started playing guitar first, and then from that I, I started playing bass. But what the, the first thing uh, got me into music was, well, having a Mexican background, being Mexican, and living my whole life there. I, I listened to Mana. It's a, a classic Spanish rock band. And Juanes, as well as a Latin a artist who I, I admire a lot and I used to like when I was when I was when I was a kid. That got me into into the music. And then when I started elementary school, no, uh, middle school, I met a, a friend that he's one of my of my best friends now. And we started our first band and he introduced me into Green Day. Mm. And that's when I got into the bass. We started our, our first band. We were just a cover band from from Green Day and Bling One Eighty Two and all of all of those. Can you tell the name of the band? I laugh. Yeah, I laugh uh, every time you our, our first band uh, was called Barbecue. 
Yeah, and it was it was spelled B R B Q because we wanted we it I mean it's a unique name because <laughs> you might always spell barbecue as B B Q, but B R B Q, and we played uh, Green Day uh, songs, Bling One Eighty Two songs, and all of that punk scene got into us, and that's when I got into bass because I remember I was learning a song from them. It was called Warning by Green Day, and I learned the the song in bass and we didn't have a, a bass player and I was like hey um I can play that song so I might be a the bass in this song and then I was like damn it I'm gonna be the bass forever mm. <laughs> and, that, is, that is pretty weird and you like, that you like the bass yeah because because that, that that bass line is it's really good and well thanks to my dad he he bought me my first bass mm. and I just learned all the songs from Green Day and then from that, from the punk scene, so I met another friend that he was more into the rock scene, more like Arctic Monkeys, Queens of the Stone Age, and Foo Fighters. And <laughs> yeah, so, so I was more into, I mean, he, he introduced me to those bands and we recorded, we made songs, we, we played live shows. And well, I think I always have my punk background. So when I met these guys, it was the same. They introduced me to Kings of Leon, Coldplay, The Killers. I have the background from punk, but from now on, it's just rock and roll. This is Musicians Can Thrive. A podcast community for anyone seeking to make money in the music industry. Musicians, audio engineers, managers, producers, booking agents... Everyone across all niches, welcome. My name is Gabrielle. I'm a singer-songwriter. These stories are for you. I hope they'll help you find new ways to thrive as a musician. I can't give away the full story because I want you to listen to the episode and find out the full story later on when we start talking about the concert where I met Strange Cadets. But let's just say it was a secret concert, and we'll leave it at that for now. Strange Cadets is an indie rock band that came from El Paso, and I am thrilled to say that they are now Austin locals. In this case, Strange Cadets decided to make that quintessential choice of moving to a, quote, music city to pursue a better opportunity for their careers as musicians. Strange Cadets is made up of four very talented musicians, and in order to help you get to know each of them individually and their stories and how they each have journeyed through the world of making money as a musician and figuring out even what it means to be a musician and to be successful, this is a two-part episode. So this first part that you're going to listen to today features the drummer Alan Montes and the bass player Raul Haas. There's an additional level of uniqueness to this story because a few of the members of Strange Cadets are actually Mexican citizens. And so not only did they move from El Paso to Austin to pursue music, but they also decided to take a chance on an entirely new country and exploring the opportunities that laid in the U.S. 
So with that, I'm going to give space in this episode to tell those stories of how the music evolved. And later on in the episode, we'll get to more of the tactical things like making money and booking shows and promoting yourself. But sometimes it's good to just sit back and relax and enjoy a wonderful story about someone's journey. So settle in. As you guys journeyed through discovering what kind of music you liked and what kind of instruments you wanted to play, when did you start thinking about doing music and making money off of it and doing music Mm. long term? I don't think I've ever, I mean, I'm not trying to be humble Alan and stuff like that, but I've always, it's always been a passion for me ever since I started playing drums. I don't know, I, I never thought about the money thing. I've always thought about people enjoying what I play and the, the energy and the pleasure that I get of playing drums is and making music is all I want in my life. And I don't care if it's a minimum wage kind of uh, pay thing, which is not, I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> but if I get paid from doing what I love, it's it's all that matters. And I get if I get someone that tells me you know what, Alan, you've been my role model. You know, I'm a drummer because I listened to what you played. In, Preach you know, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Lord is speaking. Right I think now. that's the goal. Yeah, that's my know. pretty much my goal. Like if I, if I touch someone's life with my music, with my drums or something like that, it satisfies me. I feel great about that. But um, that, I mean, I think high school when, was, when I started, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to do that when I was mm-hmm. in Pretty much high school is when I, but then again, when I was in high school, I did soccer and I was so passionate about soccer too. I wanted to be a soccer player, but then I sucked at it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back <laughs> with music. I'm going to do music because I was good at it. I was always good at it. I was always, uh, it was always just freely. And like my body did it freely without thinking hard about it. I did band too. I quit band because I like reading music. And so, yeah, I was pretty much high school is when I was like, oh, I want to just do this just because it's the passion. So when you started having to think about building a career that you could use to support yourself in the world, was music just a very natural next step? Yeah, just pretty much. I mean, right now is pretty much what I'm thinking. I want I want to pursue the career of being a drummer. Mm-hmm. And Raul? Uh, for me, I well, I remember when back in elementary school with, with this band barbecue. <laughs> well, uh, back then, well, being a pretty Green Day fan, we always watched those live shows. And I remember the, they have a concert live in England, I think, that it's called Bullet in a Bible. That's a live show that came after American Idiot. And I just remember picturing that singing to my, my mind. And back in in elementary school, I was like, I want to do that. And ever since, well, this is like what I get from this. My dad, he he has supported me always with my music career. And I'm thankful for that. And I remember one time that he said to me, he, he said to me that, I remember when you told me that you wanted to start a band. And he was like, okay, 
cool. You're a kid. It's a face. It's something that maybe teenagers do nowadays. And then he told me, but now I see you playing live shows, recording, and you having this, you want this for your life. Passion. Yeah, this passion. He was like, I'm so proud of you. And then I, that hit me and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the people that I've met and the people that I've just played with and everything that has come through. And I didn't think of it. I mean, it just happened. And I'm, right now, I'm pretty sure that that's what I want. I mean, right now that I just graduated, like I mentioned before, from marketing, I mean, I, I would love to work from that, but my passion is music and that's my career path. And, and as long as you have a plan B, bro, I think and that's set. I'm not going to stop until my dream from being a musician will, will come. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so thankful for these guys. I mean, everything we've, we've done in this two years, I think, it's amazing. I mean, I just see ourselves back on those times and, and I'm like, damn, we've grown. We've grown, yeah. So pretty much yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for them and I'm willing to do this until the day that I can just stop playing. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> the good news is those marketing skills will help you promote the band. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of really sure. flexible marketing jobs out there. So I that's found that that's why you chose it. Yeah, because I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I hate business, TVH. But I was like, okay, marketing, it's a cool thing. And if I can do it while I'm with being a musician, then that's, that's good. Yeah. I found that in my own experience, I used to have a lot of shame about needing to have a day job and not being able to support myself full time off of music. But as I've had different conversations with musicians and people in the music industry, I've become more open to the possibility of, you know, if I can make money off of something that some part of me enjoys and that I can put that money back into the music and that makes the music better and stronger for when I do get paid off of it, that's something I've become very okay with. Nice. Well, we should probably catch the audience up on what band you guys are in and how that band started. So do you want to tell that story? Well, me and Haas were the last ones that joined the band. The thing about me and Haas is that we have the same taste in music, similar taste. And so, you know how, how, how I, how I describe the, our, um, well, what we do in the band is like Alan and I, we have that rock taste and that mm. aggressive yep. thing that we put into our songs and Pepe and, and, and Rick, they're more into the, the light stuff. So we combined that and that's, that's, how, you that's how, how, yeah, yeah, that's how our songs are, are made. <laughs> uh, I, used to, I lived in Dallas, by the way. I, I was born in El Paso, but then in 2008, nine, nine-ish, uh, sophomore year is when I moved to Dallas. And I pretty much did my life there. I was working. I was not paying attention. I mean, I was playing, I was playing at churches to keep that drum life still in in me you know, does that make sense mm -hmm. um so i still wanted to do the drums you know just so i can get some of the, my 
because I need drums. I need to <laughs> smash things. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a great stress reliever, guys. Yeah, that's for you guys. Cool. Oh. Uh, right now, under quarantine, it's the best thing to do. <laughs> that's what I like about bass. Bass having four strings, you have the power to just hitting one one string. You have the power to bump the shit out of people. I don't know if we're allowed to say. Oh, oh absolutely. Let it fly. <laughs> All right, fuck. Yeah, great. <laughs> Damn it. So, yeah, I mean, having the, the feeling of just bump the shit out of everyone, that's a great, that's great. That's why I like the bass too. So, yeah, I, I did the church. Well, I lived in Dallas. I, I think it was almost, yeah, I lived in 10, 10 years. I had a girlfriend. She was never into the music stuff. She hmm. never wanted me to be a drummer because she knew I was going to get hit on. And she's pretty jealous. <laughs> Whatever. So I never I never gave it an opportunity. I never gave it a priority, more hmm. to speak. I would just do it just because I have to do it because I need it. More like a drug, like, oh, I need, I need my drums. But uh, <laughs> I, never, I never took it. I never, I never uh, pursued it. I never put it in a priority. And I broke up with that girlfriend that I had told you. I think we lasted four years. We broke up in 2017. And I went through a you know, small depression. Not not a bad depression. It's just like more like, oh, I don't want to see anybody. I want to think about my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and I don't want to Normal do phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't where like I'm being alcoholic and you know drunk and then smashing walls and stuff like that. No, no, no. It was more like staying home, being sad, not wanting to see anybody. I think I did that for three months. So he was he he's been quarantined since. Yeah, I did. I, I've been practicing quarantine for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it was three months with my quarantine. Uh, yeah, I can. 2017. I think it was like uh, October, November, and December is pretty much like my quarantine. I remember. Nice. I would watch. I think that's when I watched uh, a lot of documentaries. I watched the Foo Fighters one. I watched the other stuff i learned more about music well i i, I will just adding this to to your uh, i think watching documentaries and movies from your favorite band from favorite ba well from bands it's like the best thing you could ever do because you learn and you see how how everything's going and i mean it's uh, for me it's the best thing i can i can watch yeah it, it encourages you. It, it encourages people to pursue the music yeah, because you can see it's pretty cool because you can see your role model being normal and how he struggled mm -hmm. and that's pretty cool for i mean that's pretty encouraging for us yeah we love watching documentaries every time we watch one we always call each other or text each other hey you watch this stuff right here this part right here is amazing but anyway i yeah. love it yeah right i'm telling you yeah so i was in the depression and then 2018 came up And for New Year's, I came to El Paso to visit my family, of course. And then I had this sibling of mine that had finished a studio. It, like he was uh, building his own studio. And he's like, hey, man, you should come down man, over here. And whenever you're in El Paso, come visit me. And I went, to, of course, New Year's of, of 2018. I was in El Paso. I went to his studio, gave me a tour and everything. And... As he was giving me a tour, he was working on a demo that Ricardo and Pepe, which is Ricardo the singer and Pepe the guitar player, they he was working on a demo. And was our producer. Which one was it? Oh, it was Love's Not... I think it was Love's Not Time. Love's Not Time Slave.
But anyways, yeah, he was working on that song, and what caught my attention was, first of all, was I think Ricardo's voice, which is unique. I haven't heard it yet somewhere else. Uh, there was also a shitty drum track on it. Yeah, it's a. It's actually pretty good from that song from Lobstar. Yeah, so there was a MIDI. It was basically no. They recorded just with a piano. They played just those. Yeah, they just played those bastards. Bass drum, snare, and the hi hat, and that was it. Yeah, they they did that. And so and then like, Alan came into the picture. Yeah, I was like, those guys need a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not, I mean, it's actually wasn't bad for them. No, because there were two of them and everything was. It sounded pretty cool. I yeah. thought there was a real drummer, but I was like, oh, I'm not a good drummer. That was, drummer. that was so digi- digital. Yeah. So when we came into the picture, I was more into the idea of, of doing this more analog. Is that the word? Analog. Analog, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, more organic. More organic. More. So, I mean, doing the same thing, just recorded live with, with real, us, with, with real, real persons, yeah. with real bass and with real drums. <laughs> yeah. And that was Definitely. the thing. So but Alan thought, came in through his producer relative. Yes. yes. That's how I came in. And, uh, I came in well, because of a friend. I was still living in Dallas when, it, when that happened. So I was, in, I was just visiting El Paso. Remember, I was just visiting and I was going to go back to Dallas. So I'll give a I'll I'll say a big shout out to to Alan because he's saying that he was in Dallas and he I don't know if you you were planning to coming back to El Paso. Oh, dude, that was nice. uh, I, I and told then, my 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 uncle or my sibling told me, hey, you want they're looking for a drummer? They're actually looking for a drummer. That's what he told yeah, me. Yeah, this the sibling. I call it more like our, our his name's Caesar. He's, he's a great friend of our. He's a great friend of the band. He helped us produce. Far from here and Lost. Yes, and those. I, for me, I think those two songs are are one of our greatest. Songs. Yeah, actually, we 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 recorded with him, and yes. he's been our. He's he's a really good friend, and he's been our mentor. He's been a great friend. He's been uh, a, a person who basically encourages us and is proud of what we do, and is excited to see what we have. Uh, we have this. Connection. connection we love him very so much. thanks to to caesar um alan came in mm-hmm. and saying again the shout out to alan because he left everything from dallas to come back to el paso just to meet three guys that we haven't done anything I've at the seen moment before either and never seen before and never met just to pursue our music career that's something big. We think between, I think, Pepe, Ricardo, and me, if this guy left everything because of us, it's because he knows that we're into something. I mean, leaving everything just without knowing us, it's unbelievable, you know? It's rock and roll, dude. And ever since, I mean, me talking with Alan or Pepe and Rick, I've met these guys for two years from now, and I love them as if they were my brothers. And besides from our, our music chemistry or our talent, besides from that, our friendship is, I mean, I think that's, that's the best thing from everything. Besides, besides the talent, the, the friendship it's, it's on. So that complements everything. Yeah. And Absolutely. Back then when I met these guys, I was a white boy. Like all I knew was, <laughs> all I knew, coming from Dallas, all I knew was, 
pure English. <laughs> I mean, I've always known English, but I haven't talked Spanish for like 10 years. So when I came back, uh, these guys were talking. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's not trash Spanish. It's just like a slang. <laughs> and so like, there's this word uh, to, to give you a heads up. Like there's this word that they call which one? Chan. Oh yeah. That's the first word I learned. I was like, what is it? Chan. They're like, hey, uh, I'm going to just be like, it, basically, they're like, hey, man, we're going to go to this guy's chan. And I was like, what? What, what is, the, what the fuck does that chan mean? I've never heard that word before. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you don't know what it is? I'm like, well, where are you? aren't you from El Paso? I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I, come on, guys, it's been to you in 10 years. <laughs> and they were like, no, well, chan is a house. I was like, what the? <laughs> so confused like when did this happen <laughs> anyway so i mean that is just one word there's yeah plenty there's of other plenty words of, where yeah. there's plenty of other words where i was really confused i would just ignore the words and i'll be like yeah yeah sure whatever yeah, you say because the three of us have well this mexican background and i mean i'm i'm mexican don't misunderstand me but <laughs> years that i have not but yeah we 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 say that these guys just and they always the call me the boy. white guy white boy or, so, or sometimes like, i say white jokes and they're like we don't get you man i'm like you know, man. <laughs> back in dallas with my white friends they he's understand. he's he's our preppy boy yeah. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> well you guys all have something unique to bring to the table yeah yeah but now i can defend yeah, myself and, now i use those words and i think that's that's the best thing from our band like we well, all have so like different backgrounds and we just complement each other mm. and i think that's that's the the best thing from strange cadets like even though we share some music tastes we have differences and those things are the the things that make us unique mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, having listened to your album on near repeat for several months, I can testify Thank to that. You. Thank you. <laughs> really? You're welcome. Yeah, I, I, I dig your sound. I, I wouldn't might, be talking might, to you if I didn't. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. I may ask which which one's your favorite song. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to pull up my Spotify for this because I don't know it off the top of my head. I did not say all of them because there's. Well, I genuinely like all of them pretty but you have, You must have a favorite. Like, we all have a favorite song from one album. Like, you say, okay, this is this is the one. Honestly, I really like Fugitive. Woo! Nice! And then Love's Not Time's Fool is probably my second favorite. And then nice. right almost tied with that is Seaside. Okay. Nice. Okay, okay. Everybody says seaside. I'm tired of people saying seaside. No, there? I'm tired of people saying far from here. That's hey. like, that's like <laughs> I mean, I love, I love that song, but being the favorites, like, really? I guess it's just because <laughs> we, it's not cool to play. Well, yeah. seaside is catchy. It's easy for people to remember. Yeah, oh, yeah. Seaside, seaside, I love to play that we, song. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm tired of people just like seaside. Seaside, my friend. So, uh, oh, come out with some new music. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a friend that he doesn't have either Instagram, Spotify, or any social media, just like Facebook, I think. And he told me, yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive for nowadays. He? He's my he just graduated as well. He's, he's your age and he yeah, he's twenty three or twenty four. Twenty seven. I still have Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's what I admire from him because he he doesn't give a 
shit about people's opinion and everything. And he he told me that he listened to to our, to our album in YouTube, and he was like, "Dude, I, I really love this song," and and it was Shades. And that opinion from him, I was like, "Dude, thank you," because I know that your feedback is real. Because mm-hmm. I know that you listen to it from YouTube because you search for that it. That is true. That is true. And, and you listen to it and you told me, Shades, it's, if it's your favorite, I'm always like, dude, thank you so that much. That means that you put, that. you put some effort yeah. into listening to your songs. If I, I, that's the same thing I think. Because if, if you, you tell play it on Spotify, to- I mean, it's okay. You have the best song that it's played that our top three songs are Far From Here, Seaside, and, and Love's Not Time is Full. Then what about the others? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so so the people it, who really dig in and go into that. that that's so I mean, haters over there listen to the rest <laughs> of our songs. I'm thankful for you to say that fugitive is yeah. is. We actually we're, we're thankful because we actually like that song. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Rick likes it, but I mean, you might ask him later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see what he thinks. what he says. Yeah. Well, I will make sure that I link to the whole album in the show notes so that listeners can go and figure out what we're talking about with all these songs. Yeah, Listeners, here are EP. We're coming <laughs> up with new stuff, so but just stay tuned. I'm doing my best to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, Alan, didn't you have a pretty steady gig playing as a drummer in a couple different bands in Dallas? Yeah, I had a friend, a great friend of mine, his name is Macon Hatton, who is, he's a great lyricist and has a, one of my other friends who has another great voice and unique voice. He's a great guy, sweet guy. Uh, we played for, I think about a year, I want to say. We played at a few bars in Dallas and Fort Worth. We were playing covers and the scenery was small. Like it was a small bar. And so I couldn't play the full drum set. So I had this great idea for you drummers out there. Have you heard? You know what a cajon is, right? Yes. Great. So I went to Guitar Center. <laughs> and then um, I went to the drum section. And I found this pedal that reverses. Like, you know how you, when you sit on a cajon, you have to hit it from the bottom? Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's this great pedal that reverses. Like, it, 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 it reverses to the cajon. And it's basically, it works like if you're hitting, you know, like if you're hitting the bass, the kick drum on the, on the drum set. And so our, that means I already had a bass and I had a seat because you, you're sitting on the component. Mm-hmm. And basically all, all I needed was like, oh, this is a great idea. I wonder if I can just add a snare and a hi-hat to it. And that's all I need. Maybe a crash, maybe a cymbal, but I'm not going to use the whole drum set. I don't know if that makes sense. So it's a mm-hmm. small kit. It's a very small kit that you can basically fit in small stages and stuff like that. So that was my idea. And I told this guy, look, man, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. Okay. So I won't, cause I, I am a loud drummer. I play pretty loud. <laughs> always, yeah, he is. I, I always scare the crap out of this guys. Every time I hear the snare, cause I, I do, Hit it pretty hard, but anyway. So yeah, I was doing. I told this guy I'm making. I, I'm gonna do this. He was like, "Dude, you gotta do. You do what you gotta do. Let's go play." And the first time I played, I think we we had a big. We didn't have a. I mean, it was like sixty people at, at a bar watching us, enjoying our music, dancing to it. And 
he's like, man, you, you were great. How about you and I just work together and, uh, you know, make some money after this. And that's, that's how I was basically doing. And uh, you were still willing to give up that gig to come and join strange yeah. cadets. Yeah. It was basically because, I mean, I had other gigs. I was going to, I was going to be part of this cumbia band. I don't you know what cumbia <laughs> is. Let's just clarify like a, so that people in the audience are clear. So, it's like a Cumbia Mexican a, genre. Yeah, it's a well, it's Latin because oh, it's Latin. Latin. Yeah, yeah. True, 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 true. It's Latin, and I was gonna join the Cumbia band just for the heck of making money off of drums. But then I went to rehearse, and I was like, Nah, I don't, I don't think I want to do this the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I had a few gigs. I had a few stuff working on. I was pers- trying to pursue uh, the drum life in Dallas, but I just couldn't find the right people. And then we came into the picture. Boom, yeah. We've made it about halfway through the show, and we're going to have a quick pause. Ads are irritating distractions, so they'll never be a part of the Musicians Can Thrive podcast. Thank you for listening. To make sure you get new episodes as soon as I release them, subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm so glad I get the honor of sharing these musicians' stories. And it would mean a lot if you would be willing to help me share them. Spotify has this awesome feature where you can share podcast episodes directly to Instagram stories. So if you're willing, tell your followers about your favorite episode. Last thing. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a quick review helps other musicians learn about Musicians Can Thrive. I appreciate your support. Back to the show. And Raul, yes. how did you come into the band? So, I came because of a friend of ours. I was back in my hometown because uh, it was Christmas break. And my, my past band, uh, they were from, from there, from Chihuahua, Mexico. And she just literally just asked me like, hey, do you still play in your band? And I was like, yes. I mean... Kind of, because I was living in El Paso and I was just coming, uh, coming and go to like to Chihuahua just to play gigs. Mm-hmm. And because you, you were studying, yeah, because because I was living already in El Paso. I've, I've been living in El Paso since 2016, and this was in Christmas break 2017, I think. And then she was like, "Oh, because I have a friend that he's starting a band." He just met this producer and, and, and shit. And so, like, they're looking for a bass player. And then I was like, a bass player? Who's looking for a bass player? <laughs> Who's interested in a bass? And I was like, okay. I haven't, I, I'm not doing anything right now. Let's, let's try it. And actually, I think I've never said this to any one of these guys. Ooh. I, I, I think that I thought at that moment, uh, these guys were a metal band, like a hardcore band, because all the bands that I knew from El Paso were just hardcore shit. And I was like, okay, let's try it. If it's a hardcore shit, I'm good with it. It's just I'm just being the bass player. I mean, there's nothing too much with it. I, I got to do something in here. But then she sent me the the demo from Far From Here. And I was like, oh, shit. This is no hardcore. This is not metal. <laughs> this is a good thing. And then 
I met Pepe. We just set up a, a meeting in a bar and it was like, a, I, I thought of it like a job interview. Like he was like, oh, so what bands do you listen to? And Did he have a folder or something? No, no, no. Like he was just like, what bands do you listen to? Which one's your background and all of that? And we just connected. Like I felt the connection. These guys have already stopped me. Like they, they already knew that that I used to have a band and that I was a bass player, a musician, and all of that. Having the long hair and shit, like, and I mean, Ricardo didn't want to meet me first because he he was like, Pepe, you go first, then me. It was oh, like so, a tryout. So Ricardo did my interview, right? Yeah. No, we. I think we met. Uh, yeah, because Ricardo the was the day. one that talked to me. Yeah. Okay. But then, I mean, I met Pepe, and then I, I met Ricardo, and they showed me Love's Not Time's Fool, the demo of it. And I was like, shit, these guys are into something good. So I remember that I told them that, okay, I have a band back in my hometown. I mean, I want this. Whichever goes good, I'm good with it. Then Alan came into the picture and then we started rehearsing. We started uh, writing music and that's how the EP was done. And I remember telling my other band, I was like, hey guys, I met these guys and I'm doing this with them. And one of them, the, the lead singer, the, the guitar player, he was like, do you, you go with it. You haven't mentioned the band that you were with. And they're called Junkas People. And it's a, I mean... For real, it's a really cool band. It's really cool band. Rock, British, influenced. And he was like, dude, go with it. Do the best of, of you can. Just try it. And I was like, cool. Thanks for that. Wow. And from that time, from now on, it's just he was, history. He was pledged as a cadet. For me, that guy is one of my best friends as well. And he has been always being supported and uh, supporting for me and from the band, obviously. And he is also pursuing a music career, and, and I wish he's he's, he's a really great, great musician, really great musician. Mm. But yeah, that's that's how I got into the band, just because of a friend, and I'm really grateful for for that friend. If you ever listen to this, thank you for that. Absolutely. So, how did you guys get to the point where you were playing shows in El Paso and Austin? Well, we started playing, we started, obviously, we started here in El Paso. For me, 
when I joined this band, I was like, oh my God, we're playing El Paso. I don't think, I honestly didn't like that, but because <laughs> El Paso is not a, a music scene, right? they do not support you. They do not support local bands. They say they do, they do not. I'm not a hater again, but mm. they do not. That's too so, bad. Yeah, I know. So yeah, I didn't see this like coming, but yeah, they they weren't supporting us. But we played three shows here. Uh, yeah, I think we played just three shows, and we we had our like our release party from the EP that we we hosted that show. We hosted that show. It's called Live in Secret. Um, it was a really great show. Um, yeah, I think that's one of our best shows so far. It was. I mean. Not bragging this out, but it was when when the Walmart shooting came. Oh yeah, and we decided to donate all of our. What do you say? All of our all, all of our income. Yeah, I mean, basically. Our, yeah, basically, whatever we made of that show, all the tickets, all that stuff, we basically donated. And we're proud of saying that we donated a thousand dollars from it. It was a thousand. Yeah, or was it? It was a thousand and something yeah. else. But I'm I'm really really yeah. proud and grateful for that and grateful for all of the of the people that came because yeah. we didn't want it to just like it was our first time being hosting our, our yeah show. it was it was, cool. it was just not for us it was just for the people to know our music mm-hmm. they bought all of our merch I'm thankful for that well basically because the places that places we've been before that we played here before they're not big venues they're really mm. small bars and so there's little space for people to enjoy music and that actually we're looking for for a place to play and like like alan said before like unfortunately there's people that do not support yeah. local bands and we're looking for places one of them and i'm sorry if i'm i don't know how to say it but lobro palace it's one of the greatest oh. venues that oh, Paso yeah. has and we have we came into them and they they were like no nope, sorry we have beef with those guys and no i mean i can say it biff i mean it's just I'm whatever they, they, they were not supportive whatsoever we it, yeah so lowbrow is basically one of like the famous venues here in el paso and mm-hmm. it's not a big place it's average but if you're a band here in el paso and you play play at lowbrow everybody's like wow well you're, yeah you're, you're pretty famous you know what i mean and we wanted that place because for our show and none of the places were supporting us so uh, so we, we gave it a shot to play in austin i had we what did, didn't we have a trip first and then we no we didn't actually our manager um no, audio our videos from um clubhouse that's how we started playing yeah in austin that's how we started playing yeah so in so um Yes, our manager Mario. Yeah, you tell so me. So, just a uh, conclusion from El Paso. It's we haven't played that many shows because we want to play whatever else that is not El Paso. And mm-hmm. Austin was our first thought. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. thought because Mario, our manager, I don't know how he got into that, but he's a really. Uh, I mean, if you're a musician and you want a fan, Mario, it's the best fan that you could ever have. He's a really big fan of 1975. Yeah, I don't know if you know the band 1975. Oh, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> He's the greatest fan. That, I mean, I want a fan like him. He's a very dedicated fan. So He has the posters. He has tickets. He has a, he has a necklace. He has yeah. a keychain. What else? He has a, shirts. 
we met them though back in uh they were playing a show in in chihuahua our hometown and it was canceled because of weather issues but we met them <laughs> it was really cool well okay coming back to to the story i don't know if you know the band pale waves no i'm sorry pale waves it's a band that it's the same as well not the same as the 1975 but they're a supporting band from them okay. and he went to see them in austin it, took, it was a private show no he went to see them in austin and then he was just in downtown uh cruising yeah cruising in I don't know how he got a text from I don't know who or Twitter I don't know how that they were hosting a private show and he texted the owner of that place and he got into that show it was a private acoustic show about like 15 people in there and then he talked uh, to him about us and then he reached out to us like hey we're we're hosting shows in South by Southwest Last year, 2019? Yes. Mm, yeah, 2019, yes. we're hosting shows. Do you want to come? We all arranged our dates and we're like, cool, we're going. We played. That's We have videos on YouTube it's called, from, yeah, it's a, it's from Clubhouse, that show. Clubhouse Austin is what, the, what that... And that's what, that was the first step into Austin. Thanks to him, we got into there. We met this, this guy, that, his name is David. And... Yeah. He has been supporting us ever since, and that's why I think that's the reason why we're going yeah, that's to how we started yeah after that we we uh, posted the videos on YouTube and stuff like that, and that's pretty much how we got uh grabbed attention mm -hmm. from you know Austin I mean even well, I don't know talking about myself, I don't know the three mm -hmm. of these guys, even though we we love El Paso and it's our hometown or well, from them. It's not as good as if we go to a big city. And that's why I think Austin is a great start for us, like going in there and just start playing and writing music. Yeah. And it's just a different environment, it's just different people. And we're thankful for the people that we have that support us. So I think that's, that's a great Yeah, that's thing. how we started playing Austin from that private show we had. And then I found you all through a secret show put on by So Far Sounds. Yeah, yeah, I love so that far. Great, we played so far two times, and that one was that one was, it was the one on the hotel, right? It was some like entry lobby sort of space. Yeah, that's true. true. So, why do you guys love so far? I feel like it's um it's a different connection from the audience. Yeah, it's a different audience connection. We have, I think, we have a better connection in acoustic shows like so far. Then when we have it, you know, at a at a venue, at a gig. I love it because I know that you have to apply to go to a so far show. And if people just want just want to go because they love music and then they they see our show. If we play there, it's like okay, the people that are here, it's because they like live shows and they like music. So for us it's a new audience, a new way to show ourselves. And also for us being a more rock band, uh, quoting, having a, an acoustic show for us, it's like a goal for us, like to, because, well, I, I think you, you've heard the EP and the version in, in so far, it's different. Yeah, we, we, have, we, we have to arrange all the songs to fit into the so far acoustic show. We have yeah. to do, we may, 
you, you've heard us in the, the so far was basically our songs in acoustic and we had to practice that too because we didn't want to go full blast on mm -hmm. so far I mean I don't mind doing that yeah me either I love it and it you sounded know? just as good because we have Thank to you. to meet people like like you yeah you know? <laughs> yeah definitely glad that happened I, I don't know if you did you did you drink the tequila that they were <laughs> I actually did not get to try the tequila that they had well, there that I mean, night I mean I mean I, I I found it yesterday at, at Specs and, and oh, I bought yeah, it just because of the memory yeah. oh send me a picture <laughs> of that bottle and I'll hunt yeah, it down totally. I'll send it it's it's really it's, it's really good, good one my roommates and I have been making lots of margaritas in quarantine nice Ooh. <laughs> and she taught me about the tahin rim so now i'm hooked oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're getting your mexican well, taste, taste. one of these days i'll get fluent in spanish and then i'll really yeah remember the word chan I remember that <laughs> i will never forget <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys are developing as musicians and you have this career with this promising band what are some of the challenges that you've experienced with making money so that you can keep things going with the music? Mm -hmm. That's a, <laughs> that's a tough question. It's <laughs> yeah. a really difficult one. Let's see. I mean, we've made money here and then, but it's never been enough to, uh, it's not profit. Cause yeah, you have to invest like any other business for me, having a band, and being in the music industry is just as the same as another business. Mm -hmm. You have to invest and put a lot of effort into it. And then we, they, we all have our regular jobs. We all, from our regular jobs, we invest from our mm -hmm. personal money in, into doing what we do right now. And I mean, we've been paid here and then, but it's, for example, our show that we had live in secret, we had our profit from a thousand bucks, even though we donated. I mean, even though if, if we have to keep that money, it doesn't help us from what we have invested. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot of, of, of effort in, in between having where to rehearse, uh, recording equipment and all of that. So I don't know from, from now on it's, I don't know. It's it's a we've gotten paid. Don't yeah misunderstand. <laughs> we've gotten paid from it, but it's it's every time we get paid, we actually have we try to uh, save that money for any and invest in things, any yes. yeah anything that we have like a microphone, a mic, or something. For example, I think we have money from, from our digital from Spotify and iTunes and all oh, of that. True, and we have not. But we have not touched that money because. We need it maybe for in the future. In the future, yeah. For recording the next EP. Yes. <laughs> I think I think the next thing coming up, it's an album. I don't know what Pepe and Ricardo Ooh. is gonna gonna tell you, but probably yeah. Even better. I think that's a good distinction that y'all are making. That you know, even if you do make money off of your music, making money and profiting rather than just breaking even with the investment that you're already making that's probably one of the biggest hurdles yeah. to get over 
I'm pretty because it's relatively easy to get a gig where you can get paid. Like it is challenging, but totally, it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's a goal for for every musician, like to 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 live from from what we love. But like Alan said before, he never thought of this as for making money. He just wants because that's his passion, and I think that's the key either to success or to do whatever you like to to do do it not because of you want to have a business from it just you love it and then money will come just surely by itself yeah sure by itself well it certainly helps you keep things going when you want to put more time into it oh yeah we've had so many rehearsals (laughs) (laughs) it pays off though yeah We've had to say no to so many friends to rehearse, to do what we do. But we love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the time that I'm with the band because back in the day when COVID wasn't existing, well, I had school and job and I got to go to the gym and, and shit. And we were rehearsing from 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. or 9 a.m. I mean, no, 1 no, a.m. 9 yeah. p.m. to like 1 a.m. And every day there was, there were times that I was just tired of my day. Like, I think you, you have felt that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I remember just see the, seeing these guys and all of that disappeared. Mm. Like you saw them and everything, my energy got back into a hundred and I was just happy for doing what I was doing. And that was it. I mean, I forgot, for me, it was two two different days in one day, like all my regular things, and then music, and that was it. Oh yeah, every time we do that, I, yeah. I, I think I just want to go through the day, you know, forget about work, and then I'm really excited to go to free. And another thing, we also click really well when we when we rehearse, and we musically we click, and I think that's another very very important key to a band that you've got to click with your musicians. You've got to find a way to click. And I'm thankful for that as well, because we all have a different taste in music. Uh, We have different ideas. We have different ways of thinking of making music, I guess. And we, for some odd reason we click. And I think that's what I'm, we can say that we love about each other. We click every time we make music, every time we rehearse, every time we would come up with something new, Every time that we're together. Yeah, we always click. And I think that's mm-hmm. for other people that have bands out there. Remember, that's a big Have that, bros. Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy for you guys to all give everything that you can to the band because you're all invested at the same level. and It makes things much more easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I keep saying this, but it's true. The way that you guys all work together in the band so well. It definitely comes across in the music, both live and on the record. And I, I may ask, I think that that can be reflected in once you meet us. Oh, absolutely. I, I, might, I may ask, what, what was like your first impression yeah, well, from yeah, us? Because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that you, you've met a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if, if you have a different impression. Reach them out from, from doing the, the podcast, but what gave you like the, the 
the willing to talk with us? Mm. Well, now we're interviewing you. So <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We we can do this. You have a turnover. I think the the first thing that I noticed was, you know, I just happened to be at that so far show because honestly, I had at the beginning of the year gotten out of a long term relationship. And Valentine's Day was coming up, and I was like, okay, so Gabrielle, you're going to treat yourself to something that will make you really happy. And a secret concert sounded like a great idea to me. That was during fuck relationships. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're they're good learning experiences. But I went to this anti-Valentine's Day secret So Far Sound show, and you guys came out, and I loved your sound. And then... I love the way that you guys were playing together. Like some bands, I see them on stage and it kind of feels like each person is off in their own little world. But you guys were clearly all sort of playing off each other. You're you're wrong because I I remember when I was playing that show and I was thinking about... wrong? Well, no, I I I zoned out a little bit. I was playing drums and I was like, man, what am I going to get next after this show? (laughs) And All right, so maybe you were like off in your little corner, but Pepe and Rick and Raul, they were all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I did zone out for Sometimes I do zone out. That's why he's in the back. <laughs> yeah. I was zoning like, man, I'm, I'm wanting some ribs, something. Yeah, ribs are pretty great. So I saw that, and then I heard you guys talk about moving from El Paso to Austin, and that really is what piqued my interest, Ooh. especially because. There is this, I guess it's just a known sort of challenge for musicians where if you don't live in a city that has what appears to be a vibrant music scene, Mm -hmm. there inevitably comes that question of, okay, do I stay here and make it work where I'm at? Or do I go to that other place that seems better and try to, quote, make it there? And so... it's a big, it's a tough decision that we're making because we're going straight to a big, it's like, picture this. We're four guys going against a lot of other bands. Yeah. And it doesn't scare us. It does not scare us because we know we can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as I know, as far as I know, I know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I know that I'm capable of, I think we're okay. I mean, I think we'll know it because if not, we were doing this. Yeah, we not make that totally. Uh-huh. Yeah, you might as well give it everything you got. So we actually we appreciate that you that you thought about that <laughs> sacrifice that we would make that we're making. Well, it's something sure. that you know a lot of musicians really struggle with, and so it's something that mm-hmm. I want to make sure I share people's perspectives on because you know my dad literally moved my family to austin because it was a music city like it was one of many reasons but i kind of had that decision made for me when i was in high school but the place i came from was a small town in montana that has a vibrant music scene where you can make good money so it's an interesting question for me to talk about with people so montana is that i was it was a smaller city, right, than Austin? <laughs> what? Let's let's put it this way. 
in the entire state of Montana, there's roughly one million people. Okay, I kind of figured. <laughs> <laughs> Montana's a great place. I know it's na- all about nature and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And they love live music. So one of these days when COVID goes away, maybe y'all can go play a festival up there or something. Hopefully it goes away. Right? Like, I miss concerts. <laughs> yeah. Us, too. I mean. Just please live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we kind of wrap things up, one of the other things that I love to ask people is what does making it or being successful as a musician look like to you? Oh, Jesus. Well, we haven't gotten to that point yet. I mean, we, we <laughs> we're, I think we're successful because of our sacrifices and what we all have been putting into. We have not made money yet that we can call ourselves successful i think success has a different meaning from everyone True. It, yeah well I'm no no speaking no that, that was my only really yeah i mean yeah. that's that's my my that's my point of view um six we're not successful yet but i think we are successful because yeah. of our sacrifices mm-hmm. like i said of the choices we make the things that we have yes the things we have like i said the click we have the the love we share upon each other i think that's that's i i declare our band successful because of that yeah right <laughs> now but i think success comes every time you do anything like alan said before his goal as of mine as well is to have the being the inspiration for someone mm-hmm. Like I, I just want to to have a Mexican kid because all of the bands that we love are from either England or USA. USA. And I just want me being Mexican. I just want a Mexican kid say, I want to be like Has, a bass player, that it's Mexican and that he made it. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the top of success. Oh, yeah. But before that, like Alan said, it's all of what we have done and all of that comes next that we didn't even know yet. We don't even know yet, but it's coming. And we every, know time, that. every time we complete something, every time we, we get a new gig, every time we get a new show, every time we get a new uh, opportunity, for me, it's a success. Yes. I think in from, from a month from now, hopefully we're going to be in Austin. It's success. Mm-hmm. So 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 that I I think that that question it's way like it has a lot of a lot of, a lot of meanings yeah mm-hmm. a lot of layers I yes. love that mm-hmm. but yeah I mean we can't say anything I mean we aren't a Rolling now. Stone yet hopefully <laughs> but hopefully like we said. can we can have another podcast uh, maybe five years from now when we're successful <laughs> oh absolutely if y'all want to come yeah. back you can come back. Yes, totally. And we, I mean, not even five, let's say one year from now, and we can say that success has been different. Yeah, growing. growing. Yes. And I know that, I know that you're going to do it for sure as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, totally. I think one of the things that I love about music is 
your next milestone keeps shifting. You know, you hit you hit one goal and then it goes, okay, so it's like what's snow- the next level? It's like when a snowball, you start it up top of the mountain. It's really small. When it, Once it gets down to the bottom of the mountain, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I look forward to watching you all become a big snowball. Like your podcast is called Musicians Can Thrive. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's the meaning for everyone, for us. I mean, or as a musician or as a whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly doing my best to help make that happen. <laughs> Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this. It's my pleasure. Like, I'm so glad I could have you guys here. Well, where's the best place for listeners to find you guys and your music online? We're practically everywhere. But I think Apple, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube. But I, for me, I'd rather have people look at our videos. Yeah, I think the same. Spotify, you can search whatever you want, but YouTube, watching us live, it's like the best thing you can ever see. <laughs> so go to YouTube and look up Strange yeah. Cadets. YouTube, yes. Strange Cadets. Look we at have, uh, the clubhouse sessions we have and then the treehouse sessions. Those are the great videos. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm glad we worked with those guys. Because we have the version of, of that we played on, on Soul for Sounds of Love's Not Time's Full. Mm. Like the acoustic, the acoustic session. But we have it live on on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. It will, it's the treehouse, bro. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to talk to you guys. And Thank you. Thank you, Gabriel. I yeah. had a really great time. I'm so glad to hear that. Please check the show notes for links to find Strange Cadets' music, social media, and all that fun stuff, especially their YouTube videos. One last thing before you go today. There are techniques, strategies, and routines that work best for different people. With that in mind, I encourage you to consider this. If you don't want to be a solo artist, but rather you would like to have a band or at least a duo, someone else to help you with the creation and also just be in this moment with you, experiencing what it's like to build a career as a musician and what it takes to do that, the investment of energy and putting your heart and soul into the music and into communicating with fans and earning their trust and building those relationships. If you're going to do that, I would encourage you to seek out people like Raul and Alan like Rick and Pepe, these four guys who have managed to find each other through what some would say is a random combination of circumstances. But these four guys are all aligned around one thing that they really care about. They're all invested at the same level And they all genuinely care about each other's success and about creating something wonderful together, which is their music. And so finding people like that, that you click with, that you trust, that you feel safe with, that energize you when you would otherwise feel drained. 
you don't want to do this alone, seek out people like that. <laughs>